<laughs> Merry Christmas, one and all. It is I, Mulliclaws, Joe Mullinax here with my wonderful co-host, Michael Cole. We are in the holiday spirit on this Christmas day. The Memphis Grizzlies are back in action. The season begins tonight. We've got all the season predictions for players as well as the team overall, where they're going to finish, how the season will end, and we'll preview Grizzlies-Pelicans. All that and more on a Grizzmas edition of Locked on Grizzlies. Let's lock in. You are Locked on Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Merry Christmas, one and all. It is I, Joe Mullinax, welcoming you to Locked On Grizzlies. Hopefully your first stop each and every day for Memphis Grizzlies content. I'm joined, of course, by my co-host, Michael Cole of the Commercial Appeal. I can't be the only one ho-ho-hoing around here, partner. Let's hear Let's hear your Santa Claus. Let's hear I'm 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 the Michael the the reindeer the Michael oh, the deer. Oh, yeah. okay. You know, you got the you got the red nose right here. The Michael the red nose reindeer. Okay. That's me. That's me. Well, so, you so. you are most certainly my guide through not embarrassing myself on YouTube <laughs> or wherever you get your podcast. So I'll 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 let that one slide. Um, DeMichael and I, of course, are in joyous spirits because Memphis Grizzlies basketball is upon us. The season has arrived. Another injury has been added to the list, and we'll talk more about oh, that yeah. <laughs> later on in the show. Uh, we did not want that on our list for this Christmas day, but can't help it. We're still going to be excited. We're not going to let that get us down here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Again, we're free and available wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on YouTube. Like, comment, rate, review, subscribe. Proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day. Uh, partner, we'll talk about Santi Aldama and his bum ankle later on in the show. But I want to jump right in. Again, folks have been asking in the comments on X, where are the season predictions from you guys? Well, we're going to hit you quick and hard here uh, with our predictions throughout the next several uh, conversation points of the show. And I'll go yeah. first here, partner, if that's okay with you. Okay. I'm going to lead us off with, I think, in my opinion, the easiest one. I think it's the easiest. Maybe I'm a... Uh, yeah, I'm being too much we're doing the player predictions first, right? Right, 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 right. Yes, sir. I think I'm being maybe I'm being too much of a homer when it comes to this guy because I've been a Desmond Bain guy from the beginning, right? Yeah. Like I'm a Desmond yeah. Bain guy from way back. And even with his amazing season last year, it's not like he has ever done before what I am about to predict Desmond Bain is going mm. to do. Okay. Desmond Bain last season – Averaged 21.5 points, five yep. rebounds, 4.4 assists per game. I am going to predict right now that Desmond Bain will average over 25 points per game this season. He is going to give he's going to be given every opportunity. He's going to be the lead wow. scorer from the beginning. I don't see John Morant taking that over aggressively when he comes back in December. I think when it comes to scoring the basketball, this is Desmond Bain's team. John and Jaron will get theirs, of course. But I've got Bain over 25 points a game this season. I, I, I like it. I, I mean, I'm not surprised that, that you chose Desmond Bain. And I'm looking right here. 
14 guys in the NBA averaged at least 25 points last season and qualified, mm-hmm. of course. 14 players. That means you think Desmond Bain is going to be one of probably 15 guys uh, in He's a, a top 30 15 score in the NBA. Absolutely. It's, I'm very confident well, I, in that prediction. I, I, will, I will say this. Um, you know, I'm not far off from you. I think Desmond Bain is going to take leaps this year. But um, I think before Ja gets back, he'll definitely be there. When Ja gets back, I think the average could potentially, you know, move a little bit. I think he gets sure. the season a, a little bit under there. 24, 24 is still pretty good. Because Joe Mullack said 25 points a game. I don't know if people mm-hmm. understand that 25, yeah. I mean, 25 points a game is the elite of the elites. Just to put that in perspective, guys that averaged just under that last season, DeMar DeRozan, Jokic, mm. Pascal Siakam, Jalen Brunson, uh, Jimmy Butler, all those guys averaged around 23-24. I think that's a pretty good category. But here's mine. I'm going to go with the other uh, part of the dynamic duo in the first 25 games. I'm going to start with Jaron Jackson Jr. We've seen his rebounds increase mm. gradually over the past couple of years. We hear him talking about how he's going to emphasize it more. We know Steven Adams won't be there uh, this season. Eight boards a game for Jaron Jackson Jr. Wow. Why not? Eight boards Eight a boards. game. Just you, you 6'11". That's, that's about as wild as 25 points a game for Dez. And here's the downside before, you know, I will say this. The fact that he's going to average eight boards most likely means that he won't repeat as the block champ. Because absolutely, we've had this conversation about, you know, with him as rebounding, a lot of it is positioning. And because you've had Steven Adams in the lineup, it's kind of allowed Jaron to play this, this roaming role because, you, you know, you know, Steven Adams is going to clean it up on the back end. Uh, you don't have that now, and Jaron knows he has to emphasize rebounding a more as a bigger part of his game. And for that to happen, the blocks will go down a little bit. I don't think it'll be anything just drastic, but mm, I'm stamping it in. Eight boards I, for Jaron Jackson Jr. And I like that because it'll make him a better all-around player as opposed to just being a specialist in terms of how he impacts the game. Not that he doesn't do other things defensively, right. but the, the rebounding will help make the Grizzlies better. Right, it just, just make yeah. De- just Jared going go. over the past few years, because I could have said seven and a half, and that would have been the cheap way out of it. I want I wanted to go ahead and go up. Uh, go you go in. through the last three years: five point six boards uh, per game three years ago, five point eight uh, two years ago, and last season career high six point eight rebounds per game. I'm focusing more on the offensive rebounds. Uh, he averaged a career high one point seven offensive rebounds per game last season. If he gets up to two more. If he gets up to two offensive rebounds per game, I think he can get six boards on the defensive end. I like both of those predictions for both Bain and Jaron. I'm going to go with a new Grizzly for my next one, partner. I'm saying Marcus Smart is going to have a almost career year and almost career year. Almost career Defensively. Year. His best percentage in his career, marrying it, uh, or steals percentage, I should say, Marrying that with minutes played is the 2018-2019 season where he had 2.8% steal percentage. That put him in the 99th percentile among wing players in the NBA. And that key word there, according to Cleaning the Glass, is wing. Because Marcus Smart's not always going to be the point guard for the Memphis Grizzlies. And he's going to have a chance to be off ball more, playing passing lanes, attacking guys that are not traditional ball handlers, 
I've got market smart getting to 2.6% steal percentage. That'll put him among the elites wow. in the NBA. It won't set his career mark of 2.8, yeah. but it'll be the best year he's had defensively in terms of creating. That's the Anthony Milton type numbers. Yeah. Oh, now be easy there, partner. You're going <laughs> to upset the uh, the YouTube and podcast audience talking about D-Melt, um, the one that got away potentially for the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> uh, but Marcus Smart, I think he's going to be right up there in terms of that elite defender that we saw a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're just filling these people up with, with all these good predictions that we have, right? Um, I, I I got I got I got one more. I got I got one more for you, Joe. I got I got one more for you. How about Zaire Williams? I'm not just the first 25 games. Zaire Williams for the full season. Double okay. digit score. Let's go. <laughs> Look, yes. I, I I think his role is just gonna exemplify it. He's gonna make three some nights. He's gonna miss three some nights, but he'll be able to get to his mid-range shot, which the Grizzlies are emphasizing more. You know, they like the, Patrick St. Andrews, new Grizzlies assistant coach, likes that shot for him. We know he's gonna get to the rim. We know the emphasis on spacing. Somebody's got to come off the bench and average those numbers. I've already said in the past that I think Luke Kennard will be one of those guys. Why not Zaire Williams uh, start the season as a starter potentially? And, you know, average double figures for this team. I love eventually when this team is healthy, assuming that ever happens, right? I mean, obviously, Steven Come Adams. On, don't good. hold your breath. Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> assuming that the the backcourt and the wings are healthy. Yeah. The A canard Aldama williams reserve group yes, has a lot of score. potential, right? A lot of potential offensively. Lots of things you can do at multiple levels. I like it. And the best part about all the predictions we just made is twofold, partner. One, they're entirely possible. Maybe my 25.1 is a little bit pie in the sky, but at least I acknowledged it. But they're all possible. And number two, they all, since we're on the same page here, it sounds like with these predictions, probably lend or lead to another successful Grizzlies regular season. And we're going to talk about that in our team record and results predictions next year on Lockdown Grizzlies. But first, this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a really simple game to play. You can go and make your picks, submitting an entry in less than 60 seconds. It comes with quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types that make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. It is a blast with Prize Picks. You could do all sorts of weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Every Tuesday, prize picks, discounts, select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. When we come back, we give our official season predictions for the Memphis Grizzlies team. Stick with us. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinax, joined by DeMichael Cole of the commercial appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. He will be there live in FedEx form. It is in Memphis, right? I don't want to misspeak. I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yep, it's in Memphis. Yeah, in Memphis. that's what I thought. And um, there you go. I, I, I didn't know that, right? I just wanted to continue to point out that Michael Cole is the beat writer for the commercial appeal. So when it comes to inside information, getting uh, all the scoops, Michael was one of the very best, if not the best. I'm biased, but I think he's the best option out there. 
And if you want to get mad on the internet on any given day, check out my ex. Check out uh, Bluff City Media for my latest posts as the Grizzlies uh, columnist. Between the two of us, we've got you covered for this Memphis Grizzlies season. DeMichael, the people are dying to know. What do you see this season being in terms of record? We'll talk about how it ends here in a minute. What do you see in terms of regular season record for the Memphis Grizzlies heading into what I assume will be another postseason run for you? Well, let me tee it up by saying this. Uh, I think when you talk about the regular season, there are two big keys that, that kind of lead to regular season success, in my opinion, in the, the Michael Cole formula. In my formula, uh, great defenses pretty much always you know, lead to really good regular season success. And you got to have a deep team that can, that can, you know, from the Grizzlies perspective, the reason the Grizzlies have been the number two seed the last two seasons, despite not, you know, quote unquote, being the, the most talented roster in the Western conference is because they've had depth. You know, they've had guys like the Anthony Milton and Kyle Anderson coming off the bench, they had guys like Santi Aldama, you know, uh, and Tyus Jones, you know, coming off the bench in the past, Brandon Clark, the list goes on. This team potentially could be one of their deeper ones, you know, in the Zach Kleiman, Taylor Jenkins uh, era of the past, uh, this is the fifth year. This could be one of the deepest ones. You have Derrick Rose, who could who could be a double-digit scorer. You have Luke Kennard, who could be a double-digit scorer. You have Zaire Williams, who could be a double-digit scorer. Santi Aldama could be a double-digit scorer. And then you have the center position. We'll see how it works out. But right now, Kenneth Lofton Jr., I mean, we know he can score the basketball, even if he's probably not going to get double-digit scoring minutes. But we know he can score the basketball. The point is, you're going to bring out an entire bench unit of guys who are capable of being that spark plug. And, and also, here's the other thing. I think the Grizzlies have, at four positions at least, a backup that can be an above-average starter in the NBA. You tell me what other, how many other teams can say that. If if John, John Moran is out, you can throw Marcus Smarty in as your starting point guard, and you still got an above-average starter. If Desmond Bain is out, you get Luke Kennard at the two-guard. You still got an above-average starter. Uh, if we know the whole wing situation, right, you got Marcus Smart you can throw there. You got Zion Williams. I think those guys are above-average starters. And then the power forward, Santi Aldama, Jaron Jackson Jr. Four positions where I think you can say – we can rest a guy with, you know, some knee soreness, some hand soreness, and you can sprinkle in a guy that's really good. That kind of tends well uh, in the regular season when guys aren't playing 40 minutes like the playoffs. It doesn't lead to playoff success, which I'll get to in a second, but it's bodes well for the regular season. So here's my prediction. I think in the regular season, the Grizzlies won't win 50 games this season. They won't win 50 games this year, but that's because – I mean, we talked about it enough. The Western Conference is a legit 11 teams deep. Uh, there are going to be some really good teams on paper that miss the playoffs. So with that being said, I'm drawing a line at 48 wins this year, 48 and 34 record for the Grizzlies, but still a top four seed in the Western Conference. I got them as the fourth seed and getting to the second round, getting back into the second round after the first round exit last year. But that's where I got the journey ending. Uh, I think the Denver Nuggets, uh, the reigning NBA champions, will meet the Grizzlies in the second round, and the Grizzlies will put up a great fight. But I think the Nuggets will win uh, that series, and the Grizzlies will bow in the second round. That's what I got, Joe. What you got? Why do you hate the Grizzlies so much, to Michael? I thought you, I thought this was locked on Grizzlies. I don't understand 
why you're so anti-Grizzly. I, 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 so I, I can't I can't be a hater. Mm. If I got them going farther than last year, and here's the thing. You 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 touched on this, and you're gonna agree with me right here. So this is how I get you back right here, mm-hmm. Joe. I got them going in the second round because I don't trust that they'll make that big move at center oh. that'll put them over the hump. Yeah, uh huh, uh huh. Mm, because look, yeah, if they do it, we can revisit this conversation later. But I I mean I've thrown out the ideas, but I just don't trust that it'll actually happen. I think they'll you know add some depth or something, but it won't be. You know the needle mover that 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 makes me want to say, "Hey, this team can go to the Western Conference Finals." Yeah, you brought me back with that. I definitely <laughs> think that's still the more likely scenario. But again, it's Grismas. I'm in the Grismas spirit here to Michael's. Here's what I got: okay. everything you just said, I agree with. I want to stress that this team is built for regular season success. There's teams like the Los Angeles Lakers, Los Angeles Clippers, Golden State Warriors. They could give a damn less about the regular season. They just want to get to the playoffs and let the ball roll out and play at that point. Yeah, The next four to five months are literally just avoiding injury pretty much for the, the guys like LeBron and Steph and Kawhi. The Grizzlies are built for regular season wins. So I do think even with the Adams injury, we'll talk more about Santi Aldama here in a minute. He shouldn't be out for long. Uh, even with the John Moran suspension, they have so much depth and quality of depth that they are going to run up wins at times and build up a resume. I've got them at 50 wins. So right at the cusp. And again, 48 to 50, there's variance there. If the Grizzlies went 48 and 34, would I be surprised? No, I wouldn't be surprised. But again, I'm in the Grizzlies spirit. So I'm going to up it a couple to 50. And I'm going to say they're the three seed in the Western Conference. And I'm very happy that you pointed out Denver is the one seed. Because I think they, until you... Until they prove otherwise, they should be the one seed in the Western Conference in everybody's prognostications, at least in my opinion. Avoiding them is important. So because that is the your, one who team. Who are your top two seeds? If 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 I can interject, who are your top two? Seeds? I think it's gonna be the Phoenix Suns as the two seed. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be the Phoenix Suns as the two seed, Memphis is the three, and I think the Grizzlies will knock off the Suns in the second round of the Western Conference playoffs. I have Memphis bowing out to Nikola Jokic because the Grizzlies will not have a center answer. But I am confident enough in them making a move, or at least hopeful enough, maybe is the right way to phrase it, and Isaiah Hartenstein, uh, Daniel Gafford, someone who is literally brought in not to be Steven Adams, but to allow for Xavier Tillman to be his best self as a reserve, to allow for the team to have a big, that's a true big, especially in the case of Hartenstein, seven foot one a legitimate big man that can come in and allow for Jaron to be Jaron and Dez to be Dez and Ja to be Ja once he returns from his suspension. I have hope on this Grizzmas to Michael. I think they do make a move for somebody like that. I wrote about it over at Bluff City Media. I think that if they don't, like we talked about on our previous show, it's a massive mistake, but I don't have them making that mistake. I think they're going to go 50 and 32, three seed. I think that they are going to, be very happy with Zaire Williams and having him uh, will be huge for that Phoenix series where they have to deal with Beal and Durant and Devin Booker. The Grizzlies can win elsewhere. They'll find a way to get to the Western Conference Finals. That is my prediction for this season. I like it. I like it. And and, I, and I'll say this, you know, I think a top three seed is very realistic. And if the Grizzlies get a top three seed, then they, they have a really good shot 
at going to the Western Conference Finals because you're going to you know, probably play a play-in team or you're going to play a team that just missed the play-in. And then you're going to uh, you know, probably play a second-round series against a really good team. But it's going to be a toss-up. Usually two, three matchups are, are toss-ups. And uh, they'll have a good shot regardless. I think if you get the four seed, then it, it decreases a little bit because you're talking about drawing either the Nuggets as the one seed or I think there are a couple other teams that could be one seeds. You mentioned the Suns as your two. And if the Suns get the one seed, that means that the Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Bradley Bill thing is going really well. And right. as as much as I say the playoffs, I mean, the regular season is about depth. It doesn't really matter in the playoffs. Uh, we just saw the Nuggets pretty much play six, seven guys and win a championship. Yeah, I mean, it, Bruce Brown and what Christian Braun were like their two bench guys, and they won the ship. So it, that's that's what it comes down to. It, it's all about the high-end talent in the postseason, and that's what I want to see from the Grizzlies this season. If the high-end talent of John Morant, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr. can all look elite together, we, we can revisit this conversation. Memphis has a real chance to get to the NBA Finals if that plays out. But we have yet to see that on a consistent basis and hence the reason for hesitancy on both of our ends to put them in the finals just yet. So those are our predictions. What are yours? Hit us up in the comments. Let us know what you're thinking in terms of this Grizzly season. And if you have any bold player predictions as well, again, we're in the mood on this Christmas. Give us, give us some spicy takes in the comments. It'd be appreciated. When we come back here on lockdown Grizzlies to Michael and I will close out this Christmas episode Looking at Grizzlies Pelicans, Santi Aldama already ruled out due to an ankle injury. How serious is that? And some keys to the game next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Stay with us. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinex, joined by Michael Cole of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. He is the Grizzlies beat writer for that publication. I have the Memphis Grizzlies columnist for Bluff City Media. We are Lockdown Grizzlies, and we are so thankful that you have chosen to spend some of your time, some of your day with us here at Lockdown Grizzlies. We gave our predictions to Michael, but all great journeys start with a single first step. That's redundant. Start with a first step. And the first step of this 82-game-plus journey is tonight against the New Orleans Pelicans, a a familiar foe, right? Um, I mentioned earlier that Santi Aldama already ruled out doing an ankle sprain that he sounds like he suffered in practice, you can probably give right. more details on that than I can, of course. Um, so maybe keep people up to date or get people up to date on the status of Santi Aldama long term. It doesn't sound like it's a serious thing. And then maybe some of your keys for tonight's game against New Orleans. Again, it's just one out of 82, but opening night always opening night always feels a little bit bigger than that. It, it does. And even Taylor Jenkins said that yesterday when we were talking to him. You know, this he said he said, I'd be lying to you if I say, you know, it's just another game. Uh, it's open night, and the juices are going to be flowing. And my thing that I don't like about open night, not even just with the Grizzlies, just sports in general, whether it's week one in the NFL or college football, is people always overreact. Like, I'm Absolutely. sure people, people are going to take those two games from last night and say, oh, this team is going to the championship game because they won one of those games. Like, no. Actually, uh, you go back to a year like 2016, I think – uh, the Warriors lost to, to San Antonio on opening night, and then they lost to uh, the Cavs on Christmas, and then they mowed through right. everyone in uh, the NBA during the NBA playoffs. And everyone's like, oh, it was too easy for them. It was too easy. But overreactions early on. The point is uh, the Grizzlies 
will need time to gel. They're going to have this new offensive system. Santi is not going to be available, as you mentioned. Uh, it's very mild. I don't expect him to be out you know, long. This is kind of a day-to-day thing. Uh, may miss another game, but he's going to – if not, he probably misses a couple more and, and returns uh, Monday potentially. But whatever the case is there, the point is – you're going to see more small ball lineups with the Grizzlies, which kind of goes into their idea of emphasizing spacing more. You're going to see Kim Blockton Jr. get some minutes. I know that's what a lot of people kind of been craving for anyway. So guess what? You're going to get it. You're going to get Kim Blockton Jr. on the floor. But it's all about how they match up against this team. One thing about the Pelicans is the Pelicans have a lot of sides. Uh, they're going to bring. They're going to throw out Valanciunas. Then they're going to throw out Zion Williamson. And the Grizzlies got to be able to combat that. I think that's the biggest question that I have in this game. Especially with Santi out, you 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 lose that that uh second seven foot type big that you have one with Jaron Jackson Jr. where you can kind of impact Zion with your length. Now uh, the only guy who offers that that real length to kind of deter Zion is Jaron Jackson Jr. And we've seen in the past that the Grizzlies uh, don't really like guarding uh, Zion with Jaron because they would use Dylan Brooks, and it was. Probably the most effective strategy I've seen on Zion in his NBA career today. Uh, so that's one thing I want to see. You don't got Dylan Brooks anymore. Does Marcus Smart, even though he's 6'4", do you give him that assignment? Do you give him the Brandon Ingram assignment? Or I, I feel like Zaire Williams, if he starts, he, he's probably going to start. But Zaire Williams, since we don't know officially, if he starts, I feel like you put him at the point of attack, right? He gets CJ McCollum, kind of can deter some things right there. But the question that I have is, the Grizzlies can't get bullied in this game. When we talk about this game, you know, uh, when we recap this game, cannot be saying the Grizzlies got beat up in the paint. This is a time to set the tone, right? Everyone said, oh, man, no Steven Adams. How are we going to rebound? Jonas Valanciunas is one of the best rebounders in the game. Uh, this is a time for the Grizzlies to show that they stack up you know, well in that area. But with all that being said, uh, the Pelicans aren't a great shooting team. Memphis, Memphis might need to stack the, stack the paint. And just live with the shots. We saw last season toward the end of the season, they lived with Herb Jones shoot and he burned them. But you got to, you know, that was one game. Make him do it again. Make him do it again. Because if you don't, it's good. it could be a long game for the Grizzlies. Trey Murphy the third is out, I believe. He is. Pelicans, yep. right? He's he out. Alvarado's a... out. Yeah, they're missing mm-hmm. some guys. So they have some, some of their own injury concerns. And theirs are in the perimeter-based. Yeah, Najee Marshall, too. Right. Whereas for Memphis, the biggest absences are going to be in the front court outside of John Morant. The injury absences are going to be in the front court. So I think that a key to this game is Desmond Bain taking advantage of that. You know, I mentioned the 25 points per game. This would be a good night to put up 35 or 40. I'm just saying it's you have Herb Jones who you have to worry about. But beyond that, finding open shooters, if you assume that that guy gets the Bain assignment, making him work on the perimeter, running Bane off screens, a lot of pick-and-roll kind of sets, getting him in a facilitation role, finding Zaire Williams on the cut because of his length and size on the wing. There's lots of opportunities for Memphis to not necessarily run around the Pelicans because Zion, while he's big, is also a freak athlete. But Valanciunas, one of the reasons he's no longer in Memphis is his defense is extremely predictable, right? Not that Steven Adams isn't. They're both drop defenders. But Adams brought with him the ability to help winning without having to take shots, whereas a lot of Valanciunas' value is in offensive usage. So you know that Jonas is not the best defender of the pick and roll. Attack that. Put Marcus Smart Smart in those situations. Try to get these bigs in foul trouble 
and make New Orleans deal with similar depth issues to the yeah. Grizzlies, not because there's injuries involved, but because of the fact that it really enables them to struggle with the quickness that Memphis should have on the perimeter. And again, with numerous perimeter players out for New Orleans, there should be opportunities there for the Grizzlies to get to the free throw line, get some easy shots in, help that half-court offense that is still going to be a work in progress and keep this game close, even without numerous meaningful contributors from Memphis. Yeah, is, this is going to be a game, just because of some of the things you said, that we can learn a lot about the Grizzlies. But you know me, I'm all about the little small details, the intricacies, the, the game within the game, if you will. And, Absolutely. And one of those things is isolation scoring, right? We talked about the Grizzlies need more offensive playmakers. That's one way to help to have court efficiency. Uh, the the best isolation scores, they get those mismatches, and they break guys down. The guys like Jonas Valanciunas, they play them off the court. And they, they make teams say, okay, it's it's the, the closing minutes of the game. He cannot be in the game. And it, with all due respect to as amazing as Steven Adams is, we saw the Timberwolves do we literally that saw Steven. that happen. Yeah, we, We've seen it happen. But with all that being said, I've we've talked a lot this summer about Desmond Bain improving as an isolation scorer. We've seen Marcus Smart has a little wiggle to him. Uh, other guys potentially impacting the area. When you get those switches against Valanciunas, what are you going to do with it? Because that's what I want to see. I think, like you said, it, he's great in the drop, but it, him, Zion too, they're very susceptible to being attacked off the dribble. And that's where the Grizzlies can attack them, but that ha- that isn't a, a strength based on the past with these Grizzlies players. Desmond Bain was a below average isolation player last year. Show us something this year. You know, uh, he no other player on the perimeter. I think Derrick Rose is one, but we'll see how many minutes he gets. He's one that could really break these guys down as well. I think that's an area of growth that we can kind of get a tease of in game one. If, they, if they're able to attack, you know, Yonis and able to attack, you know, Zion uh, when they have those guys on islands and not even just to attack the score, right? Like if you got Jonas Valanciunas on you, you should be getting a wide open shot somewhere. Take him off the dribble. Marcus Smart drives to the basket, forces the help, and kick it out, easy open three-pointer with the way that the Grizzlies are emphasizing space. And that's what I want to see more than anything. Quick prediction, partner. Who do you got winning this one? The Grizzlies are historically one of the worst opening night teams in the NBA. Do you think that continues tonight? Yeah, just to get get back to your point, they you know they're four and seventeen, four and seventeen in their last twenty one. I think every other team in the NBA has at least eight wins in that same time frame. Oh man, I, I just I think these are some tough losses. You know, mm. Santi Aldama, uh, if if he plays, it shifts things for me just a little bit. Uh, I'm going to lean Pelicans. Just, just it, it's opening night. I don't want anyone over it. I clearly don't think the Pelicans are going to be a better team. I just think as presently constructed, uh, they they should be able to dominate the paint. Uh, we haven't seen the Grizzlies just have a great shooting game yet. I think that's how you combat that. If the Grizzlies shoot the ball well from three-point range, I think they can win it. But if the Grizzlies shoot around league average, 33%, I don't think they'll have the advantage in the paint. And I think that's where the Pelicans could potentially make the difference in game one. Everything you said makes all the sense in the world. And I absolutely see a scenario where the New Orleans Pelicans come in and win this game. But oh, 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 oh. I know it's Merry Christmas, Joe. Keep keep the gifts coming. Keep the it's gifts coming. Christmas. Merry Christmas. The Grizzlies are gonna win. And my bold prediction for player of the game is Luke Kennard. 
five made threes off the bench from Luke Kennard. He's going to get hot. If he does that, he's going to get hot late in the third quarter to help Memphis pull away. That's my bold prediction for this one. Grizzlies win the Grizzlies win on Grizzmas. Thank you so much, partner, for joining me. As always, good luck. Again, we talk how it's kind of like a first day of school feel, but you've been back at it for a while. FedEx Forum with all the folks inside of it doesn't get much better than that. I'm excited for you as you uh, embark on another season covering the Grizzlies. Again, hopefully it's a sellout crowd, 18,000 or so. Uh, filling FedEx Forum would be pretty cool. It's going to be fun. I, I can't wait to see it. Uh, we talked to uh, uh, Dennis, Dennis O'Connor, who works with the Grizzlies, and, you know, uh, is the vice president, I think, of, like, marketing and ticketing, ticket sales and things like that. And he mm-hmm. basically said uh, to me a couple of days ago that even though John Morant is out for the first, you know, uh, 25 games, ticket sales are still rising. So they're That's expecting great. some big crowds early in the season. And, and I want to see it. I want to see uh, what the FedEx Forum is going to look like for opening night. It should be fun. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for our dear listeners and viewers. Grizzlies basketball is back. Oh, 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 oh. and Mola Grizz, uh, Mola Claus is very excited as well. Thank you so much for joining us wherever you get your podcast, as well as over on YouTube. Make sure you're liking, commenting, rating, reviewing, subscribing to Locked On Grizzlies. On our next episode, I'll be flying solo. As I just mentioned, the Michael will be having a, a late night working opening night there for Memphis. So I'll be covering live, almost live. The episode will go. Uh, live on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts almost immediately after the game, you know, within an hour or so of the game concluding, we'll have that up for you for consumption. I break down everything that happened, good things, bad things, studs and duds and everything in between. That'll be our focus on our next show. But until that time, dear listener, dear viewer, thank you once again, wherever you get your podcast, make sure you're continuing to lock in with us here on lockdown Grizzly for DeMichael. I'm Joe. Catch you next time. Merry Christmas.